Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Media Podcast Network. What is up, my friends? We back. Oh, we back. This is the MMA Fighting Ranking Show. I am Sean Oshadi, and I hope everyone out there in podcast are just having a delightful week. We got the whole crew. My podcast co-captain, the muscle behind the MMA fighting rankings, the Prince of Positivity. He's the king of the north. He's on a bulking cycle, so you better not mess with him. He is Alexander K. Lee, also joined by a couple of superstar friends of ours. You probably know him. Mike Heck, Jed Mashu, winding down from another long and crazy week. How we doing, fellas? All I do is win, Shaheen, so I'm doing great. Just this is <laughs> I love we that. said that. We said this on on a, on a meeting earlier this week off air, but I, I'm a huge fan of this particular program because it's really just turned into the Jed Mishu celebration parade. Once a month, we all get together to celebrate my victories and my my brilliant mind for this sport. So I love it. Happy to be here. <laughs> what a tone. What a tone to set right away. <laughs> Gotta set the tone, boys. Yeah, I mean, you really had to dig deep for that Tom Aspinall prediction, Jed. I'm telling you, nobody thought Tom had any talent, but you just come through with a banger and just nailed it. And that Islam Makachev guy, I guess everyone thought he was crap, but here you are coming through and enjoy the victory lap continues. Like, how many victory laps are we going to do here? What like what else is left for you? You know, I, I don't know. I'm I'm looking around our rankings and seeing. I've been trying to figure out what's the next weight class I can get in on the ground floor of. Because that's the that's the key, guys. The key in a situation like this is you want to get in early. Uh, insert the the audio of Jordan Belfort, aka Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio in the Wolf of Wall Street. That's what I'm doing, guys. I just stake my claim early, and and then we get to have these wonderful days like today. I'm shocked you have not made Umar. Your number one bad. What do you don't give him ideas? He did. I'm just did surprised. He already no, he never has. That? No, never has. Never has. Has not, I don't even think don't he's placed him in the ideas. top three. I could be wrong. We I'm shocked that you haven't done it. Again, this is that's a rookie mistake on your okay. part, AK, because you, you're early. right. 
uh-huh. you, that would be too early because if you if you send investment dollars in, but then it's going to take eight years to vest, yeah. then you've been wasting all that capital you could be investing in other places. Now I got to pull my money out of the the yes. winning properties. Find the, I need a bridge one. Umar's coming, mm-hmm. but like no one's going to fight this dude. So this is like it's still going to gonna take some time. To quote another investment film, uh, this is like the big short when uh, Christian Bale's boss is yelling at him and he's like, I wasn't, he's like, I'm not wrong. I'm just early. Okay. And they're like, I mean, yeah. they're like, that's the same thing. They're like, in this business, that's the same thing. So I'm, I'm never wrong. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. I'm early. Oh, I'm God. trying okay. to be less early these days. Okay. Oh my God. Just smugness levels off the charts Jean, already. We're we're like two Jean, minutes in and the smugness is just blowing me away at this point. What's Jean, up, can I say, I don't know if I've ever been more satisfied with our rankings than oh. this, this recent update after 295 because so let's talk about not it. just satisfied with them, but like how important, I, I guess we didn't reveal the numbers yet, but people have seen, we have, by now, they have seen our updated heavyweight rankings, our updated light heavyweight rankings, and our updated men's pound for pound rankings. Pound for pound, whatever. But our heavyweight and light heavyweight, this is why we have to do our independent rankings. Because you guys, I'm sure you're not like me, you don't see the comments. You go to the comments, and so many of the comments are like, oh, why is this guy not on the list? Why isn't this guy number one? How can this person be above this person? Blah, 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 blah. This is why it's important to have independent rankings that don't you know, place all the emphasis on uh, you know, belt. Oh, are they a UFC champion? Are they this? Are they that? Have they beaten this guy? Have they beaten this guy? Is this person still in the UFC? Should they be right? This is why you need independent rankings. This is why you need MMA fighting global rankings. And I think with this heavyweight situ- situation we have now, where you have, three, frankly, three living active heavyweights who have a very strong case to be considered number one, um, it's important to have a panel, at least to at least, uh, I don't want to say we we are, you know, you have to take our number one as law. Say it, no, say but it. I th- but you I think on this it. show, I think on this show, we're gonna Wait, we're gonna make the case for it. We have three. I said well, active. I'm just saying active heavy heavyweights who are still alive. Maybe not necessarily competing in MMA, but certainly mm-hmm. alive and could okay, return. Could re- could return at any moment. Let's put it that way. So this is why you need this is why you need independent rankings and not just UFC rankings or whatever. And this is why you're such a good co-captain, AK. You just set me up. Mm. So, fellas, as we sit here on this Tuesday morning, we have a new number one heavyweight in the world. This is our third new number one heavyweight of the past four months, actually. First, it was Francis. Then once he hit that 18-month cutoff for inactivity, it became John Jones. And wouldn't you know it, the boy did it. Tommy Aspinall. Tommy, Tommy Aspinall. Aspinall. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. Our new top big man. And MMA, and y'all, this was as close and contentious as anything has ever been for this panel. Aspinall gets five first-place votes from our team. Jones gets three. And in the end, that was the margin. Tommy edges Jones out by a single point on our overall ballots. The margin was that thin. If one of those five Aspinall votes goes the other way, we're having a totally different conversation right now. And AK, you just said it. It's not just us. The public perception on these two dudes is seemingly just as split. I'm seeing just as many Jones votes out there today in the wild in the comments section as I am for Tommy. So, fellas, we're going to figure this one out today. Uh, Jed, you have some law experience, I believe. Do you not? I do. I have uh, the listeners can't see this, but directly to my left, there is a very expensive piece of paper on my wall that says I graduated from law school and another one right underneath it that says I was admitted to the state bar. I will also add for the listeners who can't see this that you are pointing to those with a gavel. Um, it looks well, very professional. It looks it looks tremendous. Is that that's some mahogany? A rich mahogany? I I don't know. It looks. It tremendous. is. It's a rich mahogany, and as we know, I'm nothing if not professional, Shaheen. 
it's, it's true words have never been spoken. Uh, and that's good because court is now in session. Oh yes, it's happening. The first official trial of the MMA fighting rankings panel on one side, we got the people's champ. We got the darling of the comment section, the beloved Mike Heck who voted John Jones as the number one heavyweight in the world. And on the, on the other side, we have the man Stephen A. Smith wishes he could be the mouth from the South, the only one among us who was willing to stamp his flag early and unequivocally on Team Tommy. We have Jed Mishu. Uh, and the Honorable A.K. Lee is the judge presiding over this session. Yes. So in the case of Jones All versus rise. Aspinall, I do declare, I do declare court is in session. Who is the true number one and who got this wrong? Jed Mishu, you're the only one here who actually knows what he's doing in this setting, so I'll give it to you first. Your opening arguments. Make your case. Oh, my opening arguments. Okay, well, uh, opening arguments are where you would outline the, the case for what you are trying to lay here, and it's very simple. What I'm going to prove to you guys today during this segment is that Tom Aspinall is the number one heavyweight competing in the world. Now, that's going to be a big stipulation we might get into later, but... As it stands, there are rules. We have a, a, a codified bylaw of how to, to approach the voting here. And so we can only really vote for two men for this top spot. And Tom Aspinall is the only choice, and I'm going to prove that beyond not just a preponderance of the evidence, guys. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, this will be legally binding, not just in a civil court, but in a criminal one, because doing anything else would be criminal to pick anyone other than Tom Aspinall would be a criminal maneuver. I don't rest my case, but I do. I do see the floor. Tremendous. Look at this. Mike heck. The floor is yours. Look, I could do hand gestures and say loud things and just say 200 more words than I need to. Like my opponent, Jed Mishu just did, but I am arguing on behalf of the greatest fighter that has ever competed in any cage. And I know activity is a very important word here, but I am here to lay out that John Jones's heavyweight, heavyweight resume, while not as full as Tom Aspinall's, there's a very certain point to all of this that will allow John to reign supreme in all of this. And before I close here, to quote the great William Martin Joel, Jed, you may be right. I may be crazy. But for the rest of you, there just may be a lunatic that you're looking for. And you're hearing the lunatic right now. And I'm happy to be that lunatic today. The poet, William Joel. Yeah. William Martin uh, Joel. The Honorable Alexander Keeley would just like to say, uh, that is your limit, sir, for Billy Joel references on this, uh, in this <laughs> So, What about uh, William Joel? Uh, William Joel, Billy Joel, whatever his name you choose to use, that is the, I love Billy Joel, but, uh, and that was very impressive, a great, great usage of his wise words, uh, my best friend, but, oh, I shouldn't say that while I'm being the judge, but um, let's keep the Billy Joel quotes to a minimum going forward. Look, please. but it was, it was, depending <laughs> on where you live in the world, uh, it was about nine o'clock on a Saturday when this debate began, oh, when Tom Aspinall I contempt of bar after bar after bar. I'm ready to bang the gavel when you need. I don't have one. Yeah, you are. I think you have to handle the the gavel banging, frankly. Well, Your Honor, I would like to call my first witness, if I may. Please do so. The prosecution calls to the stand the resume of John Jones. 
more specifically, the heavyweight resume of Jonathan Robert Jones. I actually was it I Dwight? Dwight. Dwight. I think it's I think Dwight. It is. Yes. The resume of D- Jonathan Dwight Jones has heavyweight reads thusly. Cyril got UFC 285. First round submission, two minutes and four seconds. And that's it. That's the whole resume right there. It's a very quick, this, this witness can leave the stand almost immediately because he just got the one. There's only one thing happening here and that's it. That is the total use of this man's heavyweight career. I, I, I'm done with this witness. You may cross examine him if you must, Mike, but there's not a lot to cross examine because there's not a lot there. Well, I, I would love to, but I have a witness. Uh, his name is Dana White. I'm going to bring him to the stand because according to Dana White, who is listed as the CEO of the UFC, very powerful man, John Jones scared the hell out of Francis Ngannou to the point where he had to leave the <laughs> Objection. UFC. <laughs> Objection. The witness is perjuring himself on the stand. Uh, no, listen, the, listen, here's uh, the deal. Con- the objection has been noted, but please continue. Objection no. has been noted, sir. The objection has been noted. Yeah. I threw up in my mouth as I was saying that. So, <laughs> but, but, but I am here to say, I am here to, to say this about John's heavyweight resume and whatever. I don't care about any of the Francis stuff at this point when it comes to this argument. John Jones beating Cyril gone and as great as Tom Aspinall has been and as great as he looked on Saturday. Of these two gentlemen, John has the best win of the two at heavyweight, and it is Cyril Gaon. Cyril Gaon is the only man to actually hold the title of any of these guys that Tom has fought. Tom has not fought anybody that has actually worn a title. Uh, Andre, did he fight Andre Olovsky, perhaps? I don't even think that. Yeah, he fought Andre Olovsky. I'm talking about a guy. The greatest heavyweight of all time. Yeah, but <laughs> outside of Andre Olovsky, John has actually fought a guy who's won a belt in the last three years. And a guy that many people on this here show and many other shows who said, this is the guy, this is the next generation of heavyweight. That man is Cyril God, a man who fought Francis God, a man who's headlined multiple pay-per-views, something Tom Aspinall has not done yet, nor has Tom fought a guy of that pedigree over the last three years. So as impressive as Tom has been, and look, you can only fight the guys who are put in front of you. John has the best win. Cyril God is the best win of the bunch. It just is what it is. And we learned that on Saturday, as much as we like Sergey Pavlovich, still had a million questions about him. John is the best win. End of discussion. Uh, I don't, I don't need to cross examine Dana White because we can't trust anything the man says. Yeah, get the fuck I, out of here. Dana. I will no longer allow perjury in this court of law. Uh, hold on. The, the witness is uh, brought in. He is a respected member of the MMA community. His testimony will be heard and respected by the uh, fictional jury. I hope I'm not the one who has to make the call here, but yeah, I don't know did. who makes the call. It's his, a great question. His testimony yeah. will be, his testimony has been heard. Do not disregard that witness, please. That witness is. Uh, yeah. Dana's and by the way, go, Dana's going to go on the Mike, podcast. that thought Cheeto Vera was Patricia Pitbull. Right Mike, now. thank you for not bringing up that John Jones has a win over the great Parker Porter. That bout did take place at light heavyweight once upon a time. I didn't uh, need when, that one. No, you didn't need to, but I'm sure I, I can hear murmurings in the gallery. I hear murmurings in the gallery like, ah, Parker Porter? Parker, didn't, didn't John Jones fight Parker Porter? Uh, yes, he did. He did beat the current heavyweight goat, uh, Parker Porter, but uh, this was a 205-pound bout, and thus that, uh, that evidence shall not be uh, considered in this case. Your Honor, I'd just like to note for the record, no objection here, um, what... What the defense has suggested here is uh, strictly subjective, saying that Cyril Gaon is the best of these wins because 
I, I don't know. I, I personally believe that Sergei Pavlovich is every bit as good as what Cyril Ghosn has been. But Ooh. we'll get to that because I'd like to call my next witness, Your Honor. And keeping true to form, I'd like to call Tom Aspinall to the stand. <gasps> Tom, come on. We, we have Tom Aspinall here. It's very exciting to have him here. Tom, first question for you. Can you tell me how many currently ranked heavyweights you have victories over? If I could do a British accent, you guys would be cooked right now, but I can't. So instead, we're just going <laughs> to stick with me. The answer, ladies and gentlemen, is four. One, two, three, four. Sergey Pavlovich, Marcin Tybura, Alexander Volkov, Sergey Spivak. Do you know the collective amount of time it took him to beat four currently top? Let me look at what our rankings are right now for heavyweight. So number two by our rankings, uh, Sergey Pavlovich. Volkov's number seven, Spivak's number 10, Tybura's also tied for number 10. The combined amount of time is five minutes and some change for him to beat those four. I would say rest my case, but I'll just throw in the Cyril Ghosn is the best win. Says who? Because the current MMA fighting heavyweight rankings have Sergey Pavlovich above Cyril Ghosn. Your Honor, I don't know that I need more. This man has better wins. He's got way more of them. He's currently active. And by the way, he didn't just blow out his pack and is on an indefinite hiatus because we don't know when he's coming back. There is one man who is who is going to build and lead us to the heavyweight future that we are in right now. When John comes back, I'm not going to change my mind because beating a 42-year-old Stipe doesn't matter. This guy, Tom Aspinall, he's the one and only. I rest my case, Your Honor. I just have to note that yeah. throughout this whole soliloquy, Jed is waving this gavel around very authoritatively. <laughs> it's very effective. Threateningly, I would almost I might bring it. this gavel to BTL, really just add a little bit of panache. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I, it's I wish adding you bring some to your to words. BTL. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that was really impressive. Look, your argument's impressive, but we also have to understand one very important thing. Heavyweight stinks. It is a stinky, stinky division. And a lot of those names that you mentioned, had that resume be put in any other division, uh, they would not be ranked. You think Sergey Spivak would be ranked at bantamweight right now? Alexander Romanov is the 13th ranked heavyweight in the world, and he's had a couple of the worst losses you could possibly find in this division. Marcus Rogerio de Lima is a top 15 guy. Rodrigo Nascimento is a top 15 ranked UFC fighter, Jed. Rodrigo For the record, I Nascimento. Believe, I believe Sergey Spivak would absolutely demolish uh, Piotr Jan. So if we want to allow him to fight bantamweights, I think he's going to do really well in that weight class, guys. I think, I, listen, I'd take a dog shot on Piotr for being honest. <laughs> Look, Jed, I'm here to tell you that I am ready to ride shotgun in this journey with you. And we're going to take a long ride in the Tom Aspinall journey. And we're probably have, have left the driveway. We're still in, still in town. Don't to jump on the highway. But we're just not there yet. We're just not there to, to turn it up to a hundo and, and flirt with the speed limits here. We're just not there yet. Like we're very close. We're just not there where Tom is the one leading the dance. There's hurdles to overcome. Does he beat Cyril Gunn? Does he win his next interim heavyweight title defense? Does John fight before Tom Aspinall? These are all questions we need answers to. And I'm not here to say that Tom Aspinall is not going to be the driver of this division. He probably will be. And gosh darn it, Jed, I hope we live in that world. But right now, 
there is a little bit of darkness. It's a little bit of darkness and it's coming out of fucking Albuquerque and his name is John Jones. And unfortunately, <laughs> until this pain oh in the derriere decides that he is riding off into the sunset or taking a long vacation or decides, Jed, that he's not afraid of Tom Aspinall and will stand inside the octagon with him, we're just not going to have the answer to this question. So I do believe, I do believe with everything in my being, Jed Mishu, that we are about to embark on the Tom Aspinall era. But until that darkness leaves, until the clouds part and the sunshine comes out with two scoops of raisins singing the Tommy Aspinall theme song, I just can't say that Tom is the guy just yet. He just isn't, but he's about to be. He's that woman you met at the bar. You're a 19-year-old, but you ain't ready for a commitment yet, but you know that in five years you will be. And I'm not saying it's going to take five years for Tom Aspinall, but boy, I can't wait to go into the future and meet that love of my life again. Because I know she's the one. She just ain't right now. Mr. Heck, thank wait, you, Jed. Before what? you proceed, <laughs> let, can I just say, well, that was fantastic. Can I just say, uh, Mr. Heck, can we please watch the language uh, in court? Uh, can we tone the Boston We're not down? Animals. Can we tone the Boston down? Just to, I saw a lot of Boston. Mike, you do live in South Carolina now. Be, I saw Boston and Mike coming out. I, I appreciate that you repressed it as much as you could. Also, slandering the heavyweight division, a little bit offsides. Uh, let's please be it's respectful. It's a bad division, AK. Let's I'm be, sorry. Let's, judge AK, excuse objection, me. objection. Excuse me. It's let's a bad division. How dare you judge, judge, speak to the judge comment. this way? What is this? Let's be, Order. Let's be, let's be, thank you, Jed. Let's be respectful to all divisions. If I hear one negative word about the women's bantamweight division, you'll be ejected immediately <laughs> from the court. You will be ejected immediately. <laughs> Jed, I'm sorry. You had, I know you had something to say. Please go ahead. Your Honor, I'd like to call another witness to the stand. Oh, I my God. Arrested my case. There's a lot of witnesses. Like to, I was going to say, this seems I the case about, is over. You can't have the that. case is over as well, but well, okay. I, I, it's a rebuttal witness based on some things that um, Mike had just, just brought to the table. I'd like uh -huh. to call Shaheen Al Shadi to the stand. <laughs> Gas. Oh, my. Oh, All right. terror. Who knew? Shaheen, um, first, yes, I'd like to open this up to you before I ask. I've I've one very pointed question for you, but yes, please. Uh, specifically, what are your thoughts? You know, uh, this is an expert witness, Your Honor. So I'd like to qualify him as an expert well, witness. Thank you, Shaheen. What's your resume in, in mixed martial arts? Uh, you know, how long kinda, have you been covering the sport? About thirteen ish, fourteen ish years, I'd say. And prior to that, how long was were you a fan of the sport? Oh, I'd say a good four, five, six, seven years-ish range. So we've got just about 20 years of MMA expertise here. This man has qualified to, to render opinions on the likes of things like Cyril Gaon is a better win than Sergey Pavlovich. So my first question, Sheen, is, is Cyril Gaon a better win than Sergey Pavlovich? In uh, your expert opinion, I want to be clear, expert opinion. No, sir, he is not. And, you know, to my members of the jury here today, I respect and love you so deeply, and I respect and love this man, this, this man, Mike Heck, in front of me, my bald brother. He has been led astray, Your Honor. And I am, I am in great fear for this man. He is smarter than this. Um, Sergey Pavlovich is such a better win than Cyril Gunn. What are we talking about? Mr. Alshadi, please. Mr. Sergey Pavlovich uh, is an infinitely control, better control win. Control your witness. <laughs> control your witness. 
I'm just saying, Mr. Aspinall, please. Seven wins at heavyweight in the UFC. Seven wins. His only loss, non-contact injury in a matter of seconds. Seven wins in this division. This man has put in the work. He has the resume. You will respect Mm -hmm. the resume. This is crazy talk. This is crazy talk. I cannot believe. Hold on, Your Honor. Your Honor, I'm done with the witness. Okay. My khaki's yours to cross. Mr. Al Shadi, please stay seated. I have two things. I have two things I want to say, and then I actually have a witness myself. I have two things I want to say. If we're talking about longevity in terms of who covers the sport and being fans of sport, um, I happen to have Stephen Morocco and Damon Martin. Damon Martin, if you count the times that he doesn't sleep, has been covering the sport for seventy-five years. And he has them John as Jones expert witnesses. Sounds like I you should have done your research. I don't need it. I don't need it. You you want to put in experience and time? I have Damon on my side. So checkmate, son of a bitch. The language, please. Your Honor, objection. He's talking about hypothetical <laughs> witnesses, not in this courtroom. Uh, no, no, not they in this courtroom. Hold on, hold on. Here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Let's talk about the Sergei Pavlovich win and what it means. Because yes, Sergei has been a has been a killer. And yes, noted that Sergei Pavlovich currently ranked higher than Cyril Gunn on the MMA fighting ranking. Contempt of court, AK. I want to bang the gavel. Okay, fair enough. Bang the gavel, Joe. I'm allowing some leeway. He's lost to Alistair Overeem. Got out wrestled by Alistair Overeem. By the way, Uh, his wins are Marcelo Golm, fine fighter. Uh, Maurice Green, fine fighter. Uh, Shamil Durkimov. Oh my God! It's Damon! What happened? It's Damon 316 says, I just looked for us! We have a run in. This is a legal term, dead. We, uh, we have a run in. We have a formal run in. Yes. Get control of this courtroom. You this can't just have people busting in. No, this is allowed. This is illegal. I have arrived. What? Stone Cold is here. What? <laughs> Uh, I'd like to call Damon Martin to the stand. Okay, Mr. Al Shaddy. I need re- a rebuttal when this is all oh, over. Very well. You will have your moment. Mr. Al Shaddy, if you could remove your sweet ass from this witness chair for a moment. And uh, Damon Martin, please, Mr. You. Martin, please come in here. <laughs> please. What kind of kangaroo court is this? The judge saying sweet This is all ass. legal. This is all above board. Uh, Damon, Martin, please Damon thank you for joining us. Mr. Heck, proceed. Damon. <laughs> this is Judge Mike Brin. Hold on. Judge, shut the hell up. Uh, Damon. <laughs> Michael. How long, since, since this is the point of Jed's argument, uh, how long have you been covering mixed martial arts? Uh, since 2003, so 20 years. Mm, 20 years. And how long were you a fan of MMA and combat sports before then? Uh, since UFC 2 was my first event I watched live. So we're, we're talking like almost 30 years of experience. That's correct. Wow. I mean, that's more than the other side, but okay. <laughs> I, I so stipulate. He is a qualified expert witness. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Damon, much like myself, we both, we had a decision to make. We could have chose Tom Aspinall to be the number one heavy, heavyweight in the world, or we could have chose John Jones as the number one heavyweight in the world, who is one, the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. He holds the actual belt. I know we have an interim champion, but injury, schminjury. You went with John Jones, Damon. You went with John Jones, who defeated Cyril Gunn to win that title in his only heavyweight fight. A point of contention, Jed says, John's resume really doesn't matter in this discussion. Tom's has the better resume by far. And there's no way you can, you can argue that Cyril Gunn is not the best win of either of these two guys, which I am arguing. So I ask you, 
Mr. OG, Damon Martin, man who has been covering and being a fan of the sport for almost three decades. Why did you choose John Jones as your number one heavyweight? John Jones, there's a lot of reasons, but let's just start with the number oh, one, which is a lot he of is, reasons. He's the greatest fighter of all time. Uh, you look at his resume top to bottom, no one can match him. I'm sorry, George St. Pierre. I'm sorry, Anderson Silva. I'm sorry, everybody. Sir, this John is not Jones a legacy vote. Out of order. This Objection. Is, Objection. Is you are no shouting from the from the. Calendar, he, is the he is the greatest mixed martial artist of all time. He is. This joke uh, sucks. He is one of the. He is one of the top. I I actually the only reason he's not my number one pound for pound fighter in the world right now is because what Islam Makachev just did to Alexander Volkanovsky. Otherwise, John Jones would be my number one pound for pound fighter in the sport right now. He went out and absolutely decimated. Cyril gone in what was it 90 seconds uh choked Two him out and four. It, it, yeah close enough uh went out there and choked him out in in rapid fire More fashion time than 69 seconds I'll tell you that 69 seconds smaller amount of time it was it was a little bit longer time uh, than that uh, against a uh, arguably a better opponent I think Cyril gone is more established you can sit here and say that Sergey Pavlovich was off six straight knockout wins. Okay, I, I I agree. He's a very impressive guy. Very impressive guy. Uh, he also got absolutely mollywopped by Alistair Overeem in his debut. Uh, Cyril Gahn's two losses in the UFC came to Francis Ngannou, who you could argue may be the best heavyweight, but he's just not active right now. Uh, and John Jones. So who else has he lost to in the UFC? Um, trying to think about this. How about Sergey? Um, oh, are, yeah, uh, are we trying to act like Prime Alistair Overeem is a bad loss? I'm very confused here. I don't. Prime I don't Alistair know. If, I don't know if I call that Prime Alistair. Prime Alistair Overeem. Witness. I'll. I'll handle this nonsense. Let me lead the <laughs> all right, objection. All right. I'm sorry. Prime. Prime. Prime Alistair Overeem is a stretch at that point. Let's just be honest about that. Like that's a, that's a bit of a stretch Whatever. at that. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's you know that's long after the horse meat's gone bad. I mean, come on now. Uh, yeah. So when you look at this top to bottom, and again, John Jones' dominance plays a part. I don't care what you say about resume, all these kind of things. His dominance plays a part. He's the most one of the most dominant forces we've ever seen in this sport, and he is the undisputed champion. Now, you could say it's disputed based on the Francis Ngannou factor. Francis Ngannou's not here anymore. He's going to end up fighting anti-Delesia in PFL. Are we really going to care about that that much? No, he's gone. He's not in the UFC anymore. John Jones is the undisputed champion. Tom Aspinall's good. Make no mistake about it. Tom Aspinall is a good fighter, but he's not John Jones. John Jones is number one. That's why. Damon. Well, I'd like to cross-examine this witness. Just uh, my, hold on, Mike. Mr. Heck, are you done with, uh, are you done with, uh, Mr. I mean, I would love to hear Jed cross-examine, but I mean, it's already 10-7 Damon right now over Shaheen, <laughs> so I'm loving All right. this. Mr. How dare you? How dare you? Unfortunately, witnesses aren't competing against each other. In this court, a little bit. But Maybe okay. in this kangaroo-ass court, they might judge friggin' Brian Minor over here. Can't see shit. <laughs> oh. Anyway. The, I just just a, a very quick. I just want to confirm, Damon, what you are saying, and uh, please correct me if I'm putting words in your mouth. You're saying, in your expert opinion, that Cyril Gaon is a better win than Sergey Pavlovich. Is that correct? Yes. Would it shock you to and, and previously? Now you didn't say this, but previously the argument was made by the uh, the defending attorney that you know Cyril Gaon is is superior because of the the resume he has accumulated because the fact primarily that he won a title in this weight class. Would you agree with that statement? He has won an interim title when he beat Derek Lewis. That's correct. 
And would and would you say that winning that title makes him a better win than Sergey Pavlovich? I would say it makes him a more established win than Sergey Pavlovich. Absolutely. Then would it shock you to know that the man Cyril Gan beat to win that title? Sergey Pavlovich also beat to win that title, and in fact. While it took Cyril Gaon three rounds to beat Derek Lewis, it took Sergei Pavlovich 55 seconds. How are we going to pretend that Sergei isn't at least as good? Maybe he's not better than Cyril Gaon as a win. The win is at least the same level of quality. Their opposition is not terribly different. Yes, they've both lost. Cyril lost twice in the last two and a half years. Sergei's loss that we brought up here Five years ago, at some point, and I know that this is going to rub you the wrong way, Damon, because you're holding on to John Jones, the greatest fighter of all time, who hasn't beaten anybody worse shit in like seven years. At some point, the history dies. At some point, we have to live in the now or the recency and not seven years ago, John put together an unbelievable run at light heavyweight, and then he probably lost to Dominic Reyes and got lucky and then beat Cyril Gaon. That's not what's happening. Sergey Pavlovich is putting in the work today, yesterday, and tomorrow. And Tom Aspinall is putting in that same work and knocked him out. Can I have a point of contention here real quick with that? Let me just throw this I'd out say, there. I'd Kurt- say multiple you want to talk. Damon, please go first. I will, so, I will let you know who's next. So, yes, Derek Lewis did lose to Cyril Gaon. He got knocked out by Cyril Gaon after a four-fight win streak. Very impressive win streak. He goes out there and beats Chris Dawkins, who... You know, we know what Chris Dawkins is. And then he got knocked out by Tai Tuivasa. Then he got knocked out by Sergey Pavlovich. Is it not possible that by the time that Sergey got to Derek Lewis, his chin had already been cracked? And we've seen Derek Lewis, what he's been since then. Uh, he is two and six, two and four in his last, two and five, excuse me, in his last seven fights. I don't know that the Sergey Pavlovich that got that knocked out Derek Lewis is the same Derek Lewis as Cyril got off a four fight win streak, just knocking out Curtis Blades cold Curtis Blades, you know, the guy that has a win over Tom Aspinall, just throwing that out there. Okay. Um, and, sure. and Tom Aspinall, Tom Aspinall for that matter. Listen, I hate to sit here. We're going to sit here and this is a debate. So we're going to sit here and tear down a guy. I hate to do this, but I got to do this. Uh, obviously Tom Aspinall beating Sergey Pavlovich matters. Who else has he beaten? Marcin Tibera, okay. Three well, other ranked your... heavyweights. That's, that's who a, else he's a, beaten. That's a that's a stretch by today's standard. Yeah, Alexander. Alexander no, Volkov. That's fucking math. They're ranked. Uh, they okay, have numbers. Right. Alexander Volkov. Sergey Sergey Spivak. Like, come on. Are we really going to sit here? Like, are those are those really truly oh, like man, high Spivak, level? The guy Cyril Gon just beat to like get back in everyone's good graces. Alexander Volkov, the dude that Cyril Gon beat to become this top level guy. That's such a good win. John did. Mr. Like, Martin, the same shit. They're beating the same dudes. Mr. Martin, your expertise and recognize we will come back to you. Uh, there's an obnoxious gentleman in the gallery who keeps trying to get my attention. <laughs> so for the sake of uh, getting this bullshit over with, rebuttal witness, uh, uh, no, not anymore. But we'll allow him to speak, uh, to, you know, just for the sake of uh, hilarity. So to amuse us. Yes, uh, Mr. Josh Shaddy, I, I thought we were I, done with you. But I just have to on. say, I these accusations of 10-7s flying all over the place in this courtroom. I do not appreciate it. I am here to watch an orderly and fair trial, and I am not seeing that. And I'll, also what I'm seeing on this stand right now, I'm seeing a liar. Okay. I'm seeing a man with lots of flowery language, lots of big, bold claims, but his claims... He does not back them up in reality. I would have the honor. I would submit to the honor, uh, the court. If you look at the MMA Fighting Global Rankings submission sheets last month before this event, who did Damon Martin have higher, Sergey Pavlovich 
or a serial gun? I could give you that I think answer. That's what they call a smoking gun. <laughs> Damon Martin had I'm Sergey Pavlovich at number is, two and Cyril yeah, Gaon at number four in the heavyweight rankings. I would now submit to the to the court if you look at him today, the rankings that Damon Martin just filed 48 hours ago. Who does he have ahead right now? Sergey Pavlovich or Cyril Gaon? He still has Sergey Pavlovich. Sergey Pavlovich, in this man's own estimate, <laughs> estimation, is still better a better win than Cyril Gaon. It's in writing. We have it there. I'd also like to suggest, I'd also like to add that the defense attorney did the exact same thing with, with <laughs> Sergey Pavlovich last month, two spots ahead of Cyril Gaon. Oh. Yeah. You win and you're active. You, yeah, you, this is your chance to respond. Good. It's all good. You, you win and you're active. Yeah. That's key. That, that, that's all important stuff, but... John still has the best win. That's all that matters right now. Now, like I said before, <laughs> like I said before, Tom is a win away. Tom is a win away from changing this entire discussion. But the man, there's only one guy who was wearing a title in any of this, in any of this debate, and that was Cyril Gunn. It was not Sergei Pavlovich. He was only fighting for a mere title, a title that Cyril Gunn won, and a title, uh, yeah, he won it. And John smushed him. Smushed can him. I also throw out? Can I also throw out the, the, the interim the interim title? While we're all going to bang the drum about that, and I'll, I'll even I'll even listen. I'm I'm not going to denigrate what the guy did, but I'll say even Cyril Gaon's title for that matter. The interim title that Tom Aspinall is holding right now is a promotional tool. It's not a real title. He got it because they needed to promote a, a fight card. After John Jones, the you know the greatest of all time, fell off the card, when they lost him, they needed to promote that, so they put another title on the line. That's why has no there's there is no other reason he's holding an interim title right now than the UFC needed a promotional tool. Now I will be fair and say Cyril Gaon's title came much the same way because Francis Ngannou had just won his title three months earlier, and they basically tried to force him into a fight in September. Again, I'm not discounting that, but I'm saying that. Sitting here banging the drum that Tom Aspinall's a champion. Is he really a champion, though? I mean, he has a title, but, you know, come on now. That, that, that's not a real title. Multiple, Mich multiple people Michu. right now are just bursting to speak. Okay, this hold on. I think it's fair to say, and I think it's a fair question to ask, yeah. which one of these interim title challengers between Cyril Gunn and Tom Aspinall actually headlined their interim <laughs> title fight? Hmm. What does it that have to Tom do with Aspinall? anything? It was oh, that's just gone. card depth. There you go. That's just card let's, depth. Hold on. Let's go. Let's go to Mr. Mashu. Uh, Mr. Mashu, I would also ask you to tone down the Georgia. I've asked uh, Mr. Heck to tone down the Boston a little bit last time. I'd ask you to tone. I saw some a lot of that Georgia coming out last time. If we could tone down the Georgia just a touch, uh, Mr. Martin, the Ohio levels just right. Uh, Mr. Shadi, <laughs> if we could take the Arizona all the way down to zero, that'd be fantastic. But I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> but uh, Mr. Mashu, please, it's go ahead. I can see you bursting to make some points here. Well, I don't. I have any idea what headlining has anything to do with championships. Um, I was I was so ready to get on here and just run Damon Martin down. I don't have to because he said the words himself. He just didn't emphasize in the correct way. Cyril Gaon's title came much the same. No, it didn't. It's actually far more fraudulent because Cyril Gaon's came three months after Francis won the belt and they were trying to force Francis's hand. It is among the most paper titles that this company has ever put on a fighter it's not to disrespect Cyril Gaon or Derek Lewis as very very quality heavyweights but that it was a, that's one of the more paper belts of all time in contrast like David said I'm not here to say that Tom Aspinall's the champion in, in exact same but John won his belt 
not three months before this fight, but nine, nine months. And unlike Francis, who, you know, was there and it, there was negotiations, John has a long-term, maybe not long-term, but a serious injury that forced him off of this. And here's the kicker, the big enchilada of all of this, guys, that we're not talking about that much, and I under, it, because it's not necessarily the most important but it is absolutely a critical factor in all of this. Not a person in this court of law right now, Your Honor, believes that John Jones will fight Tom Aspinall next. Tom will not oh. get, as Mike has said, the one win away to prove it. We are all aware that John Jones, when and if he returns sometime in the middle of next year, 2024, he will fight Stipe Miocic. And while that might mean something to Damon, who believes that wins that happened a decade ago are still relevant to your ranking today, apparently, it doesn't mean shit to me because Stipe Miocic is not a relevant heavyweight. We're all, all of us under the impression Stipe will quit the sport after that fight. And I would suggest, though I can't say with certainty, all of us think that more likely than not, John will also exit the sport after he fights Stipe. So the argument here is simple. It's not just the wins that have already happened, which Tom's are better in this weight class. It is the wins that are to come, the, the, the place they will have to come, because John will, more likely than not, have one fight left, and it will be a meaningless heavyweight fight as far as the rankings and the division are concerned. It is a legacy vanity bout that is going to happen hell or high water, whereas Tom Aspinall... We'll be fighting whoever it is that comes. And on top of all of the other reasons he's the number one guy, that absolutely makes a difference to me. But if you discount the past, why are you, why are you crediting the future? Because we don't know what's going to happen in the future. I'm discounting eight years ago in the past. I'm, I'm not discounting the current. But, but you're, you know, but you're also, you're, also you're, you're saying the future matters. We can all speculate that John Jones is going to retire. We don't know that. We all speculate. I mean, I okay, I, dis I disagree. I, I disagree that Steve Miocic is still a quality win. We can sit here and say that, yes, he's been out for three years and he may not be the same Steve, but are we going to discount that he's arguably the greatest heavyweight of all time at worst, the greatest heavyweight that. of you? Uh, but you're also, you're also playing futures here. You're saying that just because you believe John Jones is going to retire after beating Steve Miocic, that that makes Tom Aspinall the number one heavyweight in the world. That's, that's actually ridiculous. exactly what I didn't say. I said, <laughs> on top of all the other reasons that it's already there, this is an additional and credible factor saying, that to should, involve. That, that should not be a reason at all, though. The future doesn't that, matter. And who knows? The future Maybe matters way up. more than John's wins at light heavyweight four years ago. Like way more, and that was a critical part of your. He's the greatest fighter. Well, of all I time. speculate. I speculate that. I speculate that Tom Aspinall is going to lose to Jelton Almeida. So by that, by that rationale, put Jelton up top. by that, by that rationale, I can't put Tom number one because we're playing futures. I think he loses to Jelton. Well, I can't put him number one. He might lose to Jelton. So Your nope, Honor, I'd, do it. I'd like to suggest that the witness just purged himself. Cause I don't fucking think for a minute, he believes that Tom loses. to Jelton. Uh, We cannot hold. That's quite an accusation. Mr. Mishu. You cannot levy that against a witness right now. I'm that, pretty sure I can actually go back and find the Slack messages where Damon's like, <laughs> uh, Jelton, they're not 
we have all agreed the Slackman stories are not admissible in court. Not admissible in court. You don't want to go digging into that dirt. Let me tell you something. Apparently, our, our, our courtroom turned into minority report yes. here. We're just letting the futures uh, decide, decide everything here. So. And let me just say on the topic of Stipe initially being a quality win in the year of our Lord 2024 upcoming, uh, Jed Mishu has a reputation well documented as a Stipe. noted Stipe Miocic hater and Damon Martin. Uh, I don't know that that is. So let us both I don't know that that is admissible in this court of law. Stipe oh. has zero wins over anyone even employed I, by the UFC. I have, I we have said, 12 and a half hours of BTL footage of Jed hating. Uh, objection. I, I think you got more than that, honestly. The jury understands how much Jed Mishu hates. That is there. That is fine. The uh, prosecuting Gene? attorney so stipulates. I'm not here to debate anything in that regard. Uh, gentlemen, I think, I don't know, J- uh, Mr. Mishu, I think that was like is it your gavel closing- time. That yeah, was no, I think, I think it's time to, yeah. yeah, it felt I pretty strong. Also, yeah, we've I been just, at this for quite some time. Yes, I just have, I've, <laughs> I've, Mr. Heck, please. I, I have one question for, for the judge. Um, you are under oath, so you have to answer this very honestly. Um, the judge you, is actually not under oath. <laughs> well, he will be right this now. This one is. I uh, am, this is, I this is MMA yeah. fighting court. This isn't the yes. regular court. Is that true? The judge? Uh, AK, are you? Yeah, they don't take any oath. I mean, they take an oath when they're sworn in, but. AK, AK, judge AK, your honor. Yes. Are you or are you not the best friend of the defense attorney? Uh, legally speaking, I have to admit to this. Correct. We are best friends. Yes. Okay. As recognized by the government. Uh, that's I, the I, most begrudging admission of friendship I've ever Legally speaking, I have to admit to being your friend. And here's, 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 my, the, last, here's the last point I'm going to make. Uh, and I've said this, I believe I said this on heck of a morning this morning. The way this rankings works is the same way I had the rankings following the, in the pound for pound discussion following Islam Makachev's win over Alexander Volkanovsky, where while the world is ready to anoint Volkanovsky, despite losing that fight is still the number one guy. I put Islam in that spot. And the reason was it's not one and two, it's one a and one B. And I said that the second Volkanovsky wins that next fight, if he fights before Islam, he will probably jump up to number one. That's pretty much where I'm at right now with this. Tom goes and fights Cyril Garn and it, it was Garn. Who the hell is Cyril Garn? Cyril Gan. Let's just say they go to London in April and Tom just washes Cyril Gan. Guess who's going to be number one with the bullet the day after that? Or I'm sorry, an hour after that, because we have to get those rankings in so damn fast. It will be Tom Aspinall. So as, as, as it may look on the thing, it's one and two. It's actually one A and one B. And it's a fight that we all need to see that I'm actually going to put out into the positive juju universe that we are going to see this fight because I think Jed, you actually nailed this on the post fight show that the MMA community. And I heard it a lot this morning on heck of a morning. They're going to trip and tell John Jones that he's scared of Tom. It's Aspinall. the best. The shame. Is so the best. much juice to it already. Everybody's the shame angle board, is the Jen. best idea it's that Jed has ever come up with. I think this is going to happen. And then we're going to get our true answer, but it's John one, a Tom one B. I don't, I love you, Jed. It's a great rate. You putting Aspen on number one is a tremendous ranking up for a tremendous website. Um, I'm just not there just yet. I'm very close though. I'm very close. Your honor. I'm very sorry. This will be very brief. I have one very minute closing statement. Yeah, I'll, I'll believe that when I see it, but go on. No, this sure. is it. It'll take me 20 seconds. Um, okay. It's, it's for anyone who thinks they want to put John Jones. It, it's really just a question you need to ask yourself. Do you want a coward to be your number one heavyweight in the world? Cause he is afraid <gasps> of Tom Aspinall. <laughs> he's so afraid of him. He won't fight him. He's going to fight a geriatric fireman instead of fighting Tom Aspinall because oh, he's scared. How dare you? 
John, you scurred. And I personally would never put a scurred man as my top heavyweight in the world. Wow. Case closed. Is this, is this one of those courts where I have to make some sort of decision? Am I Judge Judy in this situation? Yes. Um, also, I didn't also, have to take a commercial uh, break before you do it. Just to correct Mr. Mishu, just to correct Mr. Mishu, uh, Stevie actually has a win over Andre Orlovsky, current UFC heavyweight, just throwing that out there. A guy he beat years before uh, Tom Aspinall beat him. Just throwing that out Soften there. Soften him up. Oh, wow. Seems to be, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> See? Soften him up seems to be the, uh, the theme of all of this. I stand corrected. Cyril softening him up. He also knocked out Phil DeFreeze. Well, a lot of people have uh, ranked. Uh, I believe there's a few people who have Phil DeFreeze ranked right now. See, they knocked him out cold. Just saying. Just yeah, I did this. not expect us to reach Phil DeFreeze levels of conversation here. I love it. Just saying. Literally just saying. over a decade ago. Well, AK. Uh, You're on our legal desk. You've got some decisions to make. I was going to say. Well, gentlemen, that was a spirited uh, debate, spirited conversation. Thank you both. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Mr. Heck. Thank you, Mr. Mishu. Thank you, Mr. Martin. Mr. El Shadi, I will be speaking to you later. Uh, but <laughs> I, for now, I express my begrudging gratitude for your participation. It's, I, I like that we kind of came to a, almost a civil, almost on the fence. Agree- well, I mean, maybe Mike. I don't think that that's so what we came to. Yes, I... <laughs> We acknowledge the greatness of both men. We acknowledge the greatness of both cases. John I Jones. Didn't. I acknowledge John Jones is a scared little girl. <laughs> arguably the greatest fighter of all time. Maybe not say the greatest heavyweight, but certainly the resume, the greatest fighter of all time. Looks spectacular in his lone heavyweight fight. Was supposed to uh, add to his legacy at UFC uh, 295 against the consensus. Mr. Mishu, I know you love this word. The consensus greatest heavyweight in all of MMA, uh, Stipe Miocic. So, Jones is, you know, we all understand the case for Jones, and we certainly understand the case for Mr. Aspinall now, who has UFC gold around his waist. Yes, it is of the interim variety, but uh, when you consider his, I would say, objectively strong body of work at the heavyweight division, that gold is a little bit heavier than most interim belts. I'm, I am going to, I'm going to make that, uh, that suggestion here. Now, I don't want to take a side. But I am a judge, and my first job is to keep order, guys. It is to keep order. It is not actually to decide who wins and loses debates. And unfortunately, for my best friend, uh, Mr. Heck, to keep order, I have to reward this to uh, Mr. Aspinall's representative because, full disclosure, full disclosure, I have voted for Tom Aspinall as the number one heavyweight. He is... It is number one on our website. We had the judge on the tape the whole time. We have this no, is no, it's not about that. It's bullshit. not about that. It's not about that. We have graphics. Please. The Vito Corleone maneuver. The Boston is we overloading now. We have graphics out there. We have MMA fighting is on the record as saying Tom Aspinall is the greatest heavyweight in the world. The third, the three first place votes for John Jones have been noted. They are there for the public to see and to make up their own mind on. But if I'm going to keep order, in our society, I cannot do a sudden upheaval of the rankings, especially when the justification for them are very, 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 very strong. So it pains me to have to make any sort of decision here, but for us all, everyone to continue to get along, we have to stick with the rankings. We have to stick with my number one pick as well. Quorum sucks. This court, this court, oh, this court is rigged. What? heavyweight in the world. Thank you again, everyone. The judge is biased. Thank what? You again, everyone. You're all in contempt of court. Bang the gavel. Bang, bang the gavel. Up. Yes. <laughs> all right, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. <laughs> this is fantastic. 
Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. All right, y'all, we are back. Tensions cooled down a little bit. Uh, we appreciate Dim and Martin for barging in and uh, joining us in that segment. But one other topic we want to hit today, guys, uh, Alex Pereira, really the main event uh, of this past weekend. It's just such a, a weird thing, right? Like, I still don't even know what to say anymore. Two division champ in two sports, Hall of Famer or a future Hall of Famer in two sports. He is now also our new number six pound for pound fighter in the world and our new number one light heavyweight. And so there are two sides of this discussion. I want to hit both sides. Uh, but this one first, because I know um, Damon is no longer with us, but this surprised me because the voting for light heavyweight, all of it surprised me a little bit. You had six first place votes for Pereira, one for Bellator champ Vadim Nemkov from Casey, which I mean, that tracks. That's the most Casey vote ever. That is no surprise there. And then wouldn't you know it, Mr. I get no respect, Mr. Y'all's rankings are trash, Jamal Hill, gets one vote as well from Damon Martin, who goes Hill, Pereira, Prohaska for his top three. So, fellas, I just generally want to get your thoughts on this light heavyweight picture, what's going on here, where we sort of landed. Alex Pereira, number one for most of us, not for Damon, uh, and also top six in the pound for pound. How do you feel about this Alex Pereira place we have put for this gentleman? I don't see how anyone can feel bad about it. Um, so, yeah, he is number one on our, our consensus chart. It's... As I was trying to, I had to write quite a bit about uh, Pedetta, both in the pound for pound rankings update and the sort of shakeup we had earlier this week. Um, there's just no way to evaluate him properly, if we're being honest, because no one has done what he's done before. It doesn't really work to kind of go like, well, how does his overall resume compare to this guy and compare to this guy? And how does his, um, because no one has been able to get these massive fights, very, I shouldn't say no one, very few people have been able to get these massive fights so early and actually win two UFC titles. Even if you're accounting for whatever, uh, marketing, accounting for his feud with Izzy, you know, fueling his rise to the top of 185, uh, it's still, he still has to win those fights. He still has to go in there and get the job done and somehow he's done it. So if we're talking about like the last, it, it, it does seem unfair in ways, in a way for Pedetta to just jump over some uh, 205ers who are unquestionably more accomplished in the division like his resume does not compare at all to again our someone else Vadim Nemkov for example uh Jan Blakovic the man he just beat Prohaska before that loss had not lost a fight in what like eight years years or something ten, a long time or the one fight he lost during that time he avenged the King Mo loss his light resume is insane um but you have to put Pedetta above him I obviously and if you do that then the rest of the dominoes kind of fall from there then you kind of just have to let everyone else fall into place now again we do have other two uh uh, two other fighters getting first place votes and i'm not against it but i think Pereira is such a tidy uh logical pick which is crazy given how how illogical his entire run to the top of the uh the ufc has been yeah i'm 
I'm definitely mostly with AK. I, I think I'm all the way there. I, I, I definitely don't have any issue with you doing it. Like if, if you're going to put Jamal Hill there, I, I get it. Um, I mean, in part because like it's not entirely dissimilar from the argument we just had about heavyweight, right? Like Jamal Hill has undoubtedly been working in this division more. Got a couple of quality wins here. And arguably, though I'm not sure that I, I don't think I would agree, but arguably his win over Glover Teixeira is the best kind of 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 the bunch of of the potential guys here. But for me, I think if this were if Alex Pereira had just gotten one shot at Yuri and beaten Yuri, I probably would not have Pereira number one. I don't wouldn't have Jamal Hill at number one um, because I. Totally honestly, Spite dropped him uh, months back when he was, uh, you know, making a fuss about stuff despite like not having totally earned it. But at the same time, like I'm, I think once you come up and your your wins are Jan Blahovich, former champion, top five ish guy. I don't know where we have him ranked right now. Um, and then Yuri Prohashka, the guy who I had number one. Um, I think many, I'm actually not looking at what our previous rankings, but I think most people had him. He was unanimously number one for us heading into 295. So I think you put those two wins together. I would say those two wins are better than any two wins Jamal Hill has. And when you look at the rest of the resume, they're like, okay, beat Tiago Santos. That's not nothing, but I don't, it's not an enormous amount. Same with Jimmy Crute and OSP. These are wins that they're they're better than nothing, but I don't think that the the totality of his resume doesn't stack up to the two wins from Pereira at this point. Yeah, Pereira's number one. I mean, I don't know. I honestly don't know <laughs> what else this man. He's just number one. Like, and that was the whole thing with Jamal Hill. Like him going in there and rolling Glover is a great win. Like it's a it's a great win. It was Glover's last fight. It was just a weird situation that put him kind of in that zone. And I go back to what I said when we we're talking about this in the first place. If Jamal Hill versus Glover Teixeira was on a title fight, Jamal Hill would be like ranked number nine right now. He would not even be in the top five in a lot of people's opinions. The belt helped him in a lot of respects. And it was a fight he wasn't supposed to get. And had he not, had Magomed Ankalaev just won the damn belt against Jan Blachowicz, He's probably like number 12 right now because he I don't even know. He fights Anthony Smith, probably wins that fight and then gets hurt in July anyways. And he doesn't fight again. So his most recent win would be Anthony Smith, which isn't going to age all that well. If we're being honest, you mentioned the Tiago Santos fight. Jamal, he was losing that Tiago Santos fight before he finished him. He lost two of the first three rounds. I'm looking at the cards right now. Two of the judges had Tiago Santos up 29, 28 heading into round four before Jamal Hill got the finish. And Johnny Walker, even with the Glover thing, is probably still his best win overall. And that's what's so frustrating about all of this is that after Jamal won the belt, I could not wait for him to fight again. I have to know how good this guy is. I have to, like, I wanted him and Yuri Prohashka so badly. And then he gets hurt. And now we get Alex Pereira. And he expects, because he sat on the sideline and has the win over Glover Teixeira, and because he got hurt, that he should automatically be the number one guy. It's just not, just not the way this works. But I have to say, when he is ready to come back, him versus Alex Pereira, if you have to say, Mike, pick your top five fights you're looking forward to next year, that is on the list. That might even be like number two or three. 
because I just have so many questions about both of these guys and their longevities at 205 and how far they can go. So I understand why Jamal got a vote. Ain't for me, but I mean, there's just a lot to unpack here. Because again, this Alex Pereira guy just continues to break everything that we've ever known and will mm -hmm. ever know from now on moving forward. So it's just crazy, man. It's, 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 it is funny to me that Alex Burr was basically the guy that single-handedly destroyed our pound for pound rankings. And I almost wonder if he is now the, sing the guy who single-handedly saved them because him doing this sort of makes everything make sense in a way that it didn't beforehand. But Jed, I, I want to go back to you for a second because hearing you talk about Alex over the last like three, four days has been interesting to me because it feels like, and tell me if I'm wrong. It feels like you're like very deeply conflicted on like how to what to think about this man at this point and just how to even like yeah. him. And it's so it's so funny to me because you're so you're so like, you know, you're not a fence sitter, but it seems like you just don't know where you, where you actually stand with this guy at this point. Because I don't. You're right. I'm not. A, I want to be planting a flag and defending it to the death. That's who I am as a person. And I can't plant a flag because what do we do with this man? Like, what made you doubt yourself? What? What is he? This is, I don't, uh, he might not be good, but he is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> he, I can't reckon, like, he is, he's okay, he's clearly good, but, like, he might not be a great mixed martial artist, and yet he keeps beating people who are very good mixed martial artists, but at the same time, I wrote about this this week, like, I, I am um, an advanced life form, like all of us on this podcast. I have the ability to hold two thoughts in my head at the same time. And many people, maybe even some of them listening to this podcast, don't. And I'm sorry, because this is going to get very complicated for you. I think that there's a way to both acknowledge that what prayer is doing is incredible and, and awesome. And like these, you can't take these wins away from them. They're dope. While also admitting that this is never going to happen again. Like this is such an utterly unique set of circumstances. The way that he came into the UFC and didn't even sort of have to prove himself. Like everybody else in the history of this sport, even Connor to some extent had to prove himself. He had to fight Chad Mendez on short notice to at least like check the box of here's a guy that people broadly think is a bad stylistic matchup for you. Check the box. I can beat him. Prayer didn't because the UFC wanted to get him to a fight with Izzy. Everyone knew it was super transparent, and they did. And then he converted it, and we were like, I don't know what to do with him. And then he loses the rematch, and we're like, okay, maybe this will settle itself out. Maybe now he'll have to fight some other middleweights. Maybe he'll have to just fight some other people because we know this dude's one of the best kickboxers of, I don't know, the last 25 years or whatever. If he's in a fight that is predominantly kicking and punching, He's going to do well as what he does, but he hasn't been in the other part of MMA that much. And we saw Izzy take him down and control him on the ground. And Izzy, some ADCC all-star, you know, like we don't know. And then instead he just goes up to light heavyweight and Jan Blahovich. Jan Blahovich is an extremely well-rounded, extremely good fighter. And we saw him take down and control Izzy by, I mean, frankly, just by being way bigger than the, than the homie. Like he was just like, I'm way bigger than you. I'm going to sit on you. Alex Pereira is enormous. So he couldn't be way bigger and sit on him. And he did for parts of it. And that's why that fight was close. But we don't look at Jan Blahovich as this world-class grappler. And that's what his game is. He, he is not Glover Teixeira. 
You know, like his game is the Polish power. And then he gets Yiri, who has completed like one takedown in his entire career or something prior to this fight. Like he has had a string who of also took him down. Extremely, like Yiri also takes who did him take like took him down and controlled him for the whole of that first round, basically, or the back half of the whole first round. Like and I don't know because we simply haven't seen it. It is the same way in the heavyweight with guys like Pavlovich and Aspinall, who we can only have such an idea about their games because they're fighting, they're not gonna do it out in two minutes. You can't glean a lot from that. With Alex Pereira, I don't know. Like, you could convince me with little effort that he could fight Nikita Krilov tomorrow, and Krilov can simply take him down and beat the hell out of him on the floor because Alex Pereira has been taken down by all of the people who have tried to take him down. Everyone who has attempted to take him down has succeeded. And so if he fought somebody like that, or if he did that at middleweight and fought like Marvin Vittori, it wouldn't <laughs> shock me if Marvin Vittori could beat him. Like there are a whole number of folks that I could see beating them. And also maybe it just doesn't matter because he has such a superior skill set, and he is able to, to manufacture the ways to get that going. And that's where it goes. So it's impossible for me to know what he is in part because it's a really small sample size and all the samples are of the same thing but I don't even want to know. It takes away the fun. Like I don't want him to go fight a wrestler now. What's the fun in that? Just keep being this weird anomaly and breaking my brain because it's delightful as, as Poetan is, is a hall of famer now. <laughs> Jed real quick. Were you, were you close at all to ranking and ahead of him? Was there any thought to that? I, I really debated pulling the trigger on it. It is. I spent a lot of time. So when you say close, yes, because for me, uh, I have Anklive number two, mm-hmm. and I, I defaulted to beating Yuri is a great win, and I want to give that credit for what it is. Like, it's, it's a terrific win, even if the way it happened is like the way everyone knew it could happen if Yuri did something dumb and he kind of got a little dumb in there. It's still a great win. You can't take the way I wanted to credit that. But, like, I assume, I, I'm not even assuming, I would be extremely confident in picking Magomed Ankalaev to beat Alex Pereira in a fist fight. I wouldn't bet my whole life on it because Pereira keeps doing this sort of thing. But like, looking at it right now, I would pick Ankalaev to beat him. I'd pick Nimkov to beat Pereira in a straight-up fight. I wouldn't pick Jamal Hill, but I wouldn't be shocked because Jamal Hill is kind of similarly. I don't really know what to make of him. He just knocks dudes out, except for the one time that Paul Craig, of all people, TKO'd him. Um, no, broke his arm. Like, he, like, like, brutally broke his arm. Or was it? Was that an arm break? Oh yeah. yeah, I was there for that. It was a verbal. It was a. I it think was, it was like a verbal stoppage it was because a, he broke his arm. Yeah, it was a referee seeing like, oh, you just broke this guy's arm. This fight's over. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have to go rewatch that fight. So I remember it for sure. It, it, it was gnarly. It was gnarly, and Jamal Hill um, did not look like the number one light heavyweight in the world. I'll tell you in that fight. Yeah, it was not long ago. You could pick like a good number of light heavyweights and a good number of middleweights. I'd be like, that probably beat him. But also at the same time, like he's just kind of spiked everything perfectly. And so, I mean, shit, is he beat him? Like, is he knocked him stone cold at the start of this year? If they fought again, probably would pick Izzy in that. Like maybe, (laughs) maybe I wouldn't like, I don't know. So I just, it's hard to know what to make of him. And for the rest of these things, like it is. And so I wanted to put on because he is the guy that I believe is the best light heavyweight on earth at this moment in time. But his last, I mean, two years, I, he's like the weirdest dude. I don't know what the hell's going on. He had to fight Un Kutalaba twice and the the Jan split draw that probably should have win, but whatever. 
And then the Johnny Walker, like I couldn't, I couldn't, if he had beaten Johnny Walker, he would be my number one. But because of how that went down, I couldn't take that away from Alex Pereira. Could have arguably been a loss for him too, if they DQ'd him. I mean, yeah, he probably should have actually been DQ'd, but yeah, you know, so that's a great point. Let me, but, let me ask you guys this um, real quick. Because like, like Jamal Hill is super is going to be super fascinating heading into 2024, and the way he has sort of presented himself, and the way he talks, and the way he reacted to Pereira's win. We we asked about like which one of the six title competitors in the first quarter of 2024, like who has the most to lose here, and you can make the argument for Volkanovski, you can make the argument for Sean O'Malley, but now I want to add Jamal Hill into this question because. I feel like it's, I feel like if he loses the belt, like if he goes and fights Alex Pereira and gets dusted, I mean, I think he loses like everything. Like, honestly, I don't think he gets back to a title fight. Like, I think it all goes away. So do you feel like there's so much riding on Jamal Hill's next fight, no matter how it plays out? Like, I feel like he's got everything to lose here. Like this is his, his 2024 is going to be super interesting to me. I think I think unquestionably, right? Like we we were talking in the previous segment about paper belts and what sort of belts meant more than others. Like, I mean, no, I'm not trying to hate on it, but like that light heavyweight belt he won was the most papery of belts, right? Like, it's it's the second most paper belt that's ever been put in this organization. He was objectively like what the third or fourth option to even fight for that belt. Like he was, he was like a he was. He was ranked a, like number nine in the yeah. UFC's rankings. He was barely a top and ten fighter. It was a it was a booking out of spite and convenience because the UFC literally had nobody else, and Dana White was mad that a, a fight was not as not more fun than he thought it would be. Even though here's the weird thing about that. He was just mad that it was a draw because the fight is actually fun to watch. It is dramatic. It's a good fight. fight, He is just mad that the three, two of the judges disagreed and it was a split draw. It's the weirdest shit. And so you're hundred percent right, Mike, because if there's a, there's a very real world where Jamal Hill comes into 2024 off of a, gnarly injury off of one of the worst injuries an athlete could could suffer that is recoverable from and he comes in maybe not all the way there and gets dusted and like at that point what are we doing right everybody's gonna just sit, look back on it and be like ah, yeah i guess he wasn't really the, the champ to begin with he didn't really ever really win it in a way that was like legitimate right like this is all gonna i think you're right when you say this is gonna all go away if that happens like that's very possible but guys He's he's coming for Tom Aspinall, so you know, watch out. Is that a thing? Is that a thing that was <laughs> said? That was a thing that was said. Mm, well, that's not that's wow. not gonna work out very well. Hey, Leon I, Edwards is apparently coming for Drickus Duplessis, and oh God. again, oh, don't even. We're not gonna do this. To AK's, to AK's previous point, I am never wrong. I am only early. Y'all are all about to come on the Leon's boring and screw him. No one cares if he gets a title fight. Ah. Mike, let me ask you, because I think just this, the way this division shaped right now, I have no actual idea where the fuck it's heading. What, what is the next <laughs> year of light heavyweight look like? Because right now, man, Alex Pereira is 36 years old. You cannot sit this man. He is riding insane momentum, more momentum than he has ever ridden in his entire combat sports career. He is red hot. The UFC has something here. It would be promotional malpractice if you sit this man and wait for jamal hill to recover from a torn achilles that might keep him out to what like august 
July at the earliest, right? Like this is a bad, bad injury that takes up more than a year for like a lot of high level professional athletes. Kobe Bryant did not recover from this injury in a year. Like this thing takes a while. If the UFC sits this division on the shelf when it finally makes some semblance of sense, just to wait for this fight that is already just a weird circumstance in and of itself, I, I have no idea what we're doing. What the fuck does the next year look like? Because if, it, if that's the answer, like this is just all very dumb. So here's what's going to happen. Okay. There's two options. And I can assure you that Magomed Ankalaev and Johnny Walker, they're not any of the options. They're not any of the options. Jamal Hill, not an option here because he's hurt. Option number one is the call out from Alex Pereira. I thought this was, I thought this was brilliant at the time. And the more time that goes by, I think it's a masterful call out by Alex Pereira to call it Israel Adesanya. Because that fight could headline UFC 300 if they don't do Connor, Connor Chandler. The trilogy fight for the light heavyweight title, like there is no other fight outside of Connor and Chandler or Stipe and John that you can make that I think would be a bigger fight than that one. So I think this is brilliant and I think it's possible. What is it my first choice for a fight as a fight fan I want to see? No, but this is a fight the UFC could absolutely make. And if Izzy's on board, they are going to make this fight. It is going to happen. And as egregious as that may sound to some of you, option two is 10 times more egregious, but also likely. They're not going to bench Alex Pereira. They're going to make him defend the light heavyweight title. And who is he going to defend the light heavyweight title against if it's not Israel Adesanya or Magomed Ankalaev or Johnny Walker? It's going to be Anthony Smith because there's some beef there. <laughs> and they're just going to keep this man busy by putting him into a fight with a rival and just letting him ice the dude. And then he's going to go and fight Jamal Hill in a fight that would actually seem bigger, even though this makes absolutely no sense from a promotional or meritocratic perspective. So that's what's going to happen. I would say by April or May, maybe even sooner, Alex Pereira will fight either Israel Adesanya, or if that fight doesn't happen, they're going to try to make this Anthony Smith fight happen. And it is silly goosery to the nines, but probably what's going to happen. That's going to hurt me so bad. I know, Jed I'm looks like he's in actual you, but... pain right now. So here's the thing. I actually think Mike's totally right. I don't think it'll be Izzy. Izzy is weirdly not interested in this, and I don't is understand this. I don't think it's weird. I think it's super weird. I don't he think... Ju he... he just got... He just got dummied by a dude everyone like mistakes for a gas station attendant to lose his belt. He is now being gifted a title shot up a weight class to do a thing he failed at previously by beating a guy he just knocked out earlier this year. Not being interested in that is incredibly shocking to me. But we like, saw him earlier this year after that knockout. He, I do not think he has an ounce of him in, that wants to do this Alex thing anymore. I think he is over F. it. I think this is a, he is being offered a gift and not taking this is a thing that he will regret for the rest of his life, assuming he doesn't do it because it's a real chance to, you know, win a second belt and everyone wants to do that. But I agree. It seems like he doesn't want to do it. And that's very odd to me. And Anthony Smith makes a lot of sense. UFC's going to go back to Brazil. They don't have a lot of people to do that with. And so letting Pereira do that makes a ton of sense. It's great. It's absolutely great if Pereira wins. This is why I hate this is bad matchmaking, though, because there is a clear outcome that's good versus one that's bad. If Pereira wins, it's a great outcome. You got to keep busy. Maybe we got to learn something. Anthony Smith can grapple. 
we can see a little bit more of that. And it still sets up the Jamal Hill thing. If he loses, dude, Anthony Smith is like the, at best, the eighth best light heavyweight in the world. And everyone knows it. Like we are all aware of it. It's such a weird ass thing. It's like, it, it's like Michael Bisping winning the middleweight belt, despite being like the 10th best middleweight in the world. Or is it like only, Jamal Hill winning Only the people belt. loved Michael. I was going to say, Anthony, Anthony Smith was booked against well. Jamal Hill. This is the exact yeah. same setup that when yeah. that all happened, that is, that would be basically identical to what we just encountered. Except yeah, that, that the, the that's title isn't vacant. Weirder. The title isn't vacant. That's one yeah. difference. It would be, yeah. he, he exactly. That's, the champion. This is, a, it's a little bit different in that. It, this really is Michael Bisping. Like Anthony Smith's getting the, we like you, you work for us, you're a fan, the fans seem to like you, let's give you this opportunity. And then if you Michael Bisping's way to a belt, it won't even have the same like Michael Bisping feel good probably to it. It'll just be like, dude, burn this division to the ground. Mm -hmm. dude, what the hell are we doing at this point? So I, I hope it doesn't happen. I think it's going to happen. Um, whereas instead, like, look, I'm the biggest Magomed and Goliath fan. You know this. I think he's the guy who should fight because I think he's the best dude. I'm not pushing for him to get this title shot. Probably doesn't deserve it. Put Johnny Walker in there. He's on a good win, like on a good streak of wins. That's what I'm like That's it'll what I'm be saying. fun as hell. Like just do the if you're gonna do if you can't do the meritocratic thing, because I don't honestly even know what that is at this point. <laughs> like I truly I don't know who deserves to fight for the belt in this weight class. But if you can't do that, do the fun thing. Johnny Walker is the fun thing. I mean, Nikita Krylov would also be the fun thing for me, but I think broadly speaking, more people would enjoy the Johnny Walker fight. Do that. That'd be dope. I, I like the or, message. Oh, go ahead. Run it back with Yuri. I like the message that the Walker pick would send to Ankalaev. It's like, hey, don't throw illegal knees. Don't throw illegal yeah. knees. Sorry. You're, you Johnny's lost your the spot one that got roster contender spot. Johnny's the one that got yeah, wrong in that second story. It says yeah. no con. Yeah. If you're the matchmakers, like, they'd be like, listen, I know it says no contest, but we think you should have been DQ'd. I love, putting your, I love that you're spouting my words. Yeah. One man did something wrong in that fight. One man didn't. <laughs> and they both walk away the same. It's not right. Yeah, it's Johnny not. Walker would be great. I think Anthony Smith is really likely. I think, honestly, the actual thing that will happen is they'll run it back with Yuri. They love the to do this. There's nobody no, that makes him there. Don't do that. The laziest option. I, you know, I don't want to do that. I hate immediate rematches. But I, what else are they going to do? I, I hope that doesn't happen, but you're right. It is very possible. I want to say one thing about the Izzy Adesanya. Not, it is weird. Jed is right. But I also think it's weirdly healthy. And I say this as someone who, since uh, Pereira moved, since after he beat Jan, I'm like, oh, if he wins the title, he should totally try and get that Israel, uh, Izzy Adesanya uh, MMA trilogy bout. I'm all for it. I love the call out as well. I think it makes a lot of sense for him. I actually think it's as as weird as he is being. I also think it's healthy for him if he's being serious about saying he wants to take a break. Maybe he was joking about taking a break till 2027, but I do think he needs a break. We said this going, I think, into the Strickland fight. We're all like, Izzy has to be burnt out a little bit. Um, he's just been so active, plus involved in other, you know, other ventures. He's just been under the microscope for the last four years, nonstop. And as great as he is with handling that stuff, everyone has their limits. So for him to be able to resist this very cherry opportunity to to get uh you know do that trilogy with uh Pereira and have a very good chance of become finally becoming two division champion, that actually tells me he's serious. He is serious about taking a break. Because if you're just taking a break and then you jump at the at the first thing that like the first great opportunity that comes to you, you're not really taking a break, then are you? Right? You're just you, essentially you're just doing doing it for leverage. So I 
very mildly applause Izzy, applaud Izzy if he is if this is a very realistic option and he's passing up because he does just need to step. Is it the smart thing to do for his career? I don't think so at all. Is it the better thing for his overall quality of life? It might be. It honestly might be. I mean, that's, so that's fair. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's hard to argue. I mean, he'll right? never get another. He'll never get another chance to fight yeah. it unless he unless he just leaves at one eighty five and bulks up. This he will never get another shot at two hundred five unless he mm -hmm. just straight leaves middleweight. Yeah. So this is so it. Yeah, this yeah. is it. But it's that, easy for fighters, it's but, easy for fighters to say they're taking a break and they're going to pass up on stuff. But, but right now we are we are possibly seeing a guy do it, and that's that to me is impressive in a way. Weird, yes, Jed. Weird, but impressive in a way. That is super fair though. I mean, this we're talking about someone who was the most active UFC champion we've had over the last couple of years. Like. If anybody has a reason to be burned out, it's that guy. Uh, two last quick things, and then we can get out of here. Just one word answers, really, on this on this one, because like we've we've spent this whole past hour and fifteen minutes talking about two divisions that are both in very similarly odd places. Who's going to fight first, Tom Aspinall or Alex Pereira? Just one word answer. Who, Jed? Pereira. Ooh. Mike's hard on Pereira. What do you think? And I'm trying to use not one word or trying to use one word, but <laughs> I, I'm having to work this through in my head. Aspinall. I'll go Aspinall. Wow. Okay. AK. Pereira. I think it's Alex too. I hope it's Alex. Because otherwise, what do we... If, if I, I don't I don't want to get into Tom defending the belt situation because that to me is dumb too, but all of this is just very weird. These two divisions. Yeah. If they don't go to London, Do not they're going to wait till the they go to London. But they're going to wait till they go to London if Tom's going to end up defending. Like they, they I, I believe honestly, the UFC after hearing from everybody may just say, "Look, man, we'll give you five. Well, John, I know you want to fight Stipe. We'll give you eight million dollars more to fight Tom, plus everything else you were going to get." Like I think they're going to try to make that fight. But if John is just truly not interested in it. Then if the UFC goes to London, Tom, and they do a pay-per-view, which they will do a pay-per-view if they go to London, Tom has to be in the main event. So that, Tom and Leon have to Tom. both fight on the card. And I don't think it's going to happen until like May. Well, that's why I picked Tom. There. They've been going to London in March, like the last two years or whatever. I think they're just going to do it again this year. But it's but they tough, unless to, they do it as a fight yeah. night. Unless it's a fight night. Because that would be mm -hmm. UFC 300. If Tom Aspinall has no, to defend that No, it's April, isn't it? it they, if, they, if they do London, it won't be March. It'll be after that. Um, if Tom Aspinall has yeah. to defend that interim belt, what the fuck do championships even mean at this point anymore? Because the, the belt John Jones has was That's already fine. super bizarre and kind of weird anyway, That's and kind of fugazi anyway. And at this point, if, if he's not the one actually defending against the challengers, why are we calling him the champion? What, what, this, that is like a surprising amount of, of spirit in there. Like, yeah, no, the, the actual heavyweight title is the one Tom Aspinall has. John Jones does not have it. John Jones had it and then he got hurt and now is explicitly going to fight Stipe Miocic and is no longer relevant to the rest of the heavyweight conversation. No, don't worry. We just had a whole court case about this. You guys found <laughs> the right answer in there. You guys found the right answer in there somewhere. If if not in London, it'd be a great fight at UFC 300 uh, for Tom Aspinall to do the unification bout with John Jones after It'll Jones. It'll never happen, John after jo No, he, after he heals up and stops being afraid. Then, wow. oh, you a got AK. That'd be a great fight. Yes, he is scared, but hopefully, hopefully, as he heals his uh, uh collarbone. Oh no, yeah, collarbone, whatever. Shoulder, his back, pectoral. As he heals his pectoral injury and also heals his cojones, uh, he will oh have God. the uh testicular fortitude. 
finally to step in there with a real heavyweight. Finally, because guys, I'm 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 not afraid to say it. I mean, John's afraid. I'm not afraid He's to scared. say this. I think his legacy depends on fighting Tom Aspinall. I don't think his legacy will stand if he doesn't fight. We're going to call his his entire legacy is called into question yeah. if he continues to refuse to fight Tom Aspinall. Is, oh is he God. even a top five pound for pound all time fighter if he doesn't fight Tom Aspinall? This is a question we have to. I can't have scared people in my in my top five. I no, can't have scared can money. Okay, I have to, I have to say this because it just hit my head and Jed is going to lose his mind. What I think is going to happen, Jed. No, no. I know what you're about to say. No, <laughs> no, don't do you it. You don't know. You don't know what I'm going to say. Uh, what they're going to do is Tom Aspinall is going to fight Cyril Gunn. Like, that's the fight they're going to make. What if Cyril Gunn wins the interim title and then his next fight is against John Jones oh for the God. undisputed title? John says yes to Cyril Gunn, but doesn't fight Tom and then becomes the undisputed champion against the same man twice. How will you feel about that? I literally, when we were doing the thing, I almost was like, and then if Cyril, if they do fight and Cyril beats him, I don't, I don't even know who to rank as the top heavyweight. I might just give up. Might just give up. Oh my God. Oh, what a, all of this is so Don't be strange. scared, homie. All of this is so, so strange. Also, I, I do want to note, because uh, I, I know that at various points in this show, there is at least three people at home who are sitting there listening, going insane. Uh, listening to Jed Mashu just and now Alexander Kaylee just completely disparaged John Jones. And I, I I need to note that like if you had didn't listen to our post show, Jed came up with a tremendous idea of we're all going to kind of like unanimously shame John Jones into we're going to gaslight this man into taking this fight, baby. Let's go! Because John Jones is a very sensitive guy. This is maybe the one is. strategy that will actually lead to this fight happening is if we all collectively tell him he's not going to do it. We all have to do it. There can't be people in his corner supporting him. We all have to get this message out there that we see. We see the truth for what it is. He was afraid to fight Francis. That's why it took him three years to come up. And now he's afraid to fight Tom Aspinall. And he's, he's going to fight Stipe, an old geriatric fireman. Did you see Stipe at 295 limping around? <laughs> okay. He can right. barely walk. Get he the man taking it easy. Right. Hit the music. Back, hold on. Hold on. Back, to John, back to John Jones. I will, back to John Jones. Let me just say. All you internet trolls out there who love to go at fighters and tell them how much they suck and how scared they are and how they'll never fight this guy and never do this. This is your moment. Okay. This is, I thought you people had no use in society. I was wrong. This is your moment. Get into John Jones's acts and just relentlessly barrage this man, cyber bully this man into taking this fight with Tom Aspinall. Uh, I, I will look the other way. I mean, you know, be, be respectful about it. Let's not take shots yeah that's you know, gonna necessary shots <laughs> let's be respectful no but this is your I, moment troll be, army troll army be respectful because it hurts so much worse when you're respectful yes. people can dismiss you when you're like oh you freaking see you won't fight him but if you're like john you're a great fighter but the game's just passed you by this new gen this new breed's too good for you and you see it that's why you don't want to fight tom you know he's too good for you that's that's okay go off into the sunset fight your old fireman don't you don't want this smoke? Not not from Tommy Aspinall. But Tom did exactly what he needed to do to somewhat change the narrative because a lot of people didn't think this was even possible that someone coming out of this fight could get John to be like, okay, maybe I see some dollars here. But Tom did it. Like yeah. Tom freaking did it. Totally and did it. now no one cares. Like nobody cares nobody about Steve fight at all. Very few cared about heading in. But the UFC did a good job of like promoting it. And it was like, okay, look, we're going to get a ton of views and a ton of clicks, casual audience, blah, 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 blah. But for once, 
the hardcores are outweighing the casual views in so many respects. Like nobody wants to see John fight Stipe. Nobody. The announcement will go over like flatulence in an empty church hall. Like just nothing. But what they if they just say, guess what, mofos? We're doing John Jones versus Tom Aspinall instead. Main event, International Fight Week. People are going to dance. They're going to sing. We're going to do a live reaction show dancing and singing to this news because it'll be incredible. And Jed gets to take... Won't, ha- most- won't happen, though. Yeah. John's well, too how- scared. How about you... Yeah, well, knocking don't, on wood. In the immortal words of the Diaz brethren, don't be scared, homie. <laughs> and let's leave it on that. We'll leave it on that. Yes. Uh, normally, we close out by pouring one out, but hey, there are no, there are nothing to pour out over. This is this episode, this month. Clean slate. No one leaves, no one enters. That's how we do. And so, that wraps up today's ranking show. We appreciate you guys, as always, for joining us. This one was a lot of fun. It got a little heated at various points, but I don't know. I enjoyed it. Uh, maybe that power went a little bit too much to AK's head, but we'll have to spend <laughs> Uh, but we love you guys keep it locked to the mma fighting podcast network we've got the last bellator potentially show potentially ever this week uh bellator 301 also uh brendan allen uh and uh who's brendan allen fighting i already forgot somebody tell me paul craig Craig. how dare you for the middleweighty middleweight title i'm sorry the the man who has a dominant win over (laughs) some people's number one light heavyweight in the whole wide world Oh, I love it. That man is Jed Mishu. That man is Mike Heck for Damon Martin, who also joined us. And, of course, my co-captain, Alexander Kaylee. I am Sean Oshadi. We love you guys. See you next time. Don't be scared, John. Don't be scared. Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. 
This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the US, so make sure you don't miss it.